If I had to choose one characteristic, it would be integrity. And so when I think about legendary leaders, I think about people that set a vision and then they honor that, they follow it through, they role model for other people. A real true leader doesn't want followers. A real true leader wants to empower people to become leaders themselves. And so it's really important to look at that. And what are you doing to help everyone on your team, everyone in your organization, level up and become the best version of them? What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Free Retiree Show, the podcast where we help you excel in your career, your finances, so you can live the life you were always meant to live. Remember, if you have a career question, episode request, make sure to send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. Also, wealth and legal questions also invited. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and alongside my pal, interview coach, the best choice that LinkedIn has ever made, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Happy Friday. And everyone's favorite attorney, lovable attorney, Matthew McElroy. What's up, everybody? For today's episode, we're going to be discussing how you become an elite leader. All of us at some point in time in our life have had a boss. Maybe it was going through school and you had a teacher. But the truth is, not everyone that is in a leadership position is a good leader. So what separates the average, the forgettable, or even the crappy leaders from those that inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves every day? In today's discussion, we have a wonderful guest. We have Julie Ruska, who's joining our podcast, and she'll be teaching us the six components to becoming an elite leader. Julie's a certified high-performance coach. She helps people examine their career, relationships, emotional status, and health to see how they're functioning on all those levels and where they can improve. Her primary goal is to awaken, empower, and inspire people to be the best versions of themselves. And she has been mentioned as a top 50 impactful people on LinkedIn, top 10 coaches to watch, and a LinkedIn rising star. So guys, I'm super excited for this one. I think it's going to be super valuable. But what characteristics have you, Sergio and Matt, seen in the past from someone that you admire as an elite leader? What got their respect and what made you want to follow them? Yeah, it's actually... So thinking back during my time... In career, it's actually one of the guests we've had on, Alana Karen. I don't know if you guys remember her. Alana, yeah, she's an amazing she's a, woman. Yeah, Alana's awesome. Yeah, she's a director at Google during my time there. She wasn't my direct manager, but she was like the leader of our org. And she just set the tone and the culture with empathy, compassion. Everybody worked hard. It was competitive, but everybody like cared about each other too. So I think when leaders set that tone from the top, it trickles down. And I've been in organizations with the opposite effect where leadership is just shit, right? And it trickles down. That shit trickles down. So I'd have to shout out Alana and then Beth, also my direct manager at Google. They both were very, I'd say, elite leaders. Awesome. And Matt, for you, what stands out? I would say somebody that, that inspires you to do the work. You don't want to just direct or tell people what to do and delegate, but somebody that actually like motivates you to do the work. And that can, I mean, I can come in several ways, whether they're the way that they approach and <laughs> you guys collaborate together or that they're right there in the trenches with you working, getting their hands dirty. That's motivating as well. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably one of the most uh, effective ways that I've seen leadership in the past. Awesome. So let's have our expert guest on, Julie Ruska. Julie, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much, Lee, Sergio, and Matt for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about leadership. And I love the examples that Sergio and Matt gave about 
people that are really committed to not only leading, but serving. Yeah. So in your experience, what is it that separates those that are just average leaders or those are bad leaders from those that just really command the respect of the organization, the people that are following them? What do you see? If I had to choose one characteristic, it would be integrity. Where their words and their actions align. I think that we have become so jaded in the world with people that make promises that are empty and they don't keep. And so when I think about legendary leaders, I think about people that set a vision and then they honor that, they follow it through, they role model for other people what they want um, people to be and how they want to show up in the world. So starting with integrity, I think that's the most important characteristic. Absolutely. How'd you kind of get into this space? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of came to a a back way. My background is in education. And after a few years in education, there's a long story, but not really relevant to this topic. So we'll just fast track. From there, I thought that I was going to change the world with power yoga. I loved it. I found it really empowering. And as we'll talk about in a few minutes, one of the most important characteristics of a leader is empowerment. So I wanted to change the world with power yoga. Shortly after quitting my salary job to teach yoga, I realized that yoga was just one tool to help people create their best selves and and become the person that they're meant to be. And so what I wanted to look at is what's beneath that right? Yoga is empowering. Why is it empowering? What does it do? What are the root issues it's addressing? And what I found is that people would come to yoga. It was like a band-aid, a quick fix, right? They feel better. Their anxiety would be gone. They'd feel empowered. And then they'd go back to their lives with the root issues and the problems that they had. And so, it wasn't really solving things. So, I set out on a journey to discover what's beneath that. And um, on my journey, I came across the High Performance Institute and High Performance Coaching, which is now what I do. And it really talks all about the characteristics of people, regardless of industry, regardless of socioeconomic status or gender, that these are the successful habits all people need to become their best selves. And so that's how I got into it. And then one of the components under high-performance coaching is this E6 leadership framework that we're here to talk about today, which are the six components that all leaders need to be truly impactful and successful. Awesome. We're super excited to learn these. Just a little side note. One of my favorite things about yoga is the story of attorney Matt McElroy. He almost died in a hot yoga session. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I taught. I taught hot yoga. Oh, this guy was like, come come do my hot yoga. And then his body malfunctioned in a hot yoga session. He had to crawl out (laughs) and he never went back to yoga. It's an amazing story. Is this a true story, man? It's, yeah, it's true. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's reversing the roles. See, I, I still have a hot yoga membership. Lee's never come back since that one time he came. <laughs> you know yeah. what I love about hot yoga? Honestly, hot yoga is like life. You get in there and you have to go through things you don't want to go through. And you have this intensity that oftentimes you don't expect. But yet your challenge is to stay the course to stay in there, to get through the the difficulties. And then when you arrive at the end, it is like this feeling 
this effervescent feeling of the most amazing energy and life. And so if you can just stay the course, you got to stay the course though, Lee. Stay the right? course. And you got to drink water, Matt. Yeah, you got to drink a lot of water. Mental you have to prepare yeah. ahead of time <laughs> yeah. for the journey. You don't just show up there, but if you prepare adequately and you stay the course and you stick with the challenges at the end of it, you'll find everything you've been looking for. Yeah. And um, that's why I think hot yoga is such a powerful journey uh, for all people to go on because it does emulate life. How you show up on your mat is how you show up on your life. That's what I like to tell people. I like that. Right now, I'm not showing up on that mat too so well. <laughs> but I gotta Neither, take because they closed all the studios around here during COVID. And then when they reopened, they made you wear a mask. So think of oh, hot no. yoga. Could and not. now you put a die. mask on your oh, face. It was just literally die. And practice hot yoga. It oh, was yeah. like... You've got to be kidding me. That's like that's terrible. insanity. And, it, and to me, it seemed a little dangerous. So I'm right there with you. I haven't been on my map for a while. Got to get back into it. Yeah, the place that does ours, they switched outside and there's not, there wasn't any more hot yoga. Just, you know, just outside <laughs> group ones. <laughs> so it's not as much fun. Not so, the same. Uh, Julie, why don't you give us the first E in uh, becoming an elite leader? Yeah. So I'll give you an overview and then we'll dive right in. So the E6 leadership framework involves six components, envision, enlist, embody, empower, evaluate, and encourage. And it all starts with envision. And leaders really have to have a vision for who they want to be and how they want to show up in the world before they can lead, right? You always have to start with that foundation of clarity. So envision is the beginning. You have to start with the status quo. Like, where's your company? Where's your team right now? And where do you want to take it? And then you have to develop the purpose. Like, what are the reasons that you want to accomplish this? That's really important because people aren't going to follow you if they don't understand the why behind it. And then after that, you have to have a plan. So the three components of envisioning, it's that awareness of where you are, the reason why you want to go from point A to point B, and then creating a plan that you can share with other people because you have to be able to articulate the first three steps. You have to be able to share the ideal outcome or outcomes, and then you have to have milestones along the way to show that you're on the right track and to evaluate. Kind of like micro, micro goals along the way. Yeah. And then what, like you mentioned integrity and then you mentioned empowerment earlier. How do those play into these, into this framework? Empowerment is actually one of the six components. It's okay. number four. And they don't necessarily go like stair steps, which I was explaining to Lee before we, we got into this today. They're not necessarily always going to be in order, but the one that does have to begin is envision. So we will get to empowerment. And integrity, I think, is woven throughout all of these. To yeah. be a leader, like when you're setting this vision, you have to be able to be a part of that, right? You have to have the energy, you have to embody it, which actually is step number three. So it, it kind of all goes together. I feel like step three, which is embody, which we'll get to in a minute, is where integrity really comes in. So right now we're like at that base, Got that it. foundation of envisioning where are you now? Where do you want to go? Why do you want to go there? And what's the plan to get there? That makes sense. Envision's like laying the foundation, right? 
Yeah, it's like laying the foundation of the house. And then step two goes into enlist. Are we ready for step two? I'm ready. I'm okay. Ready. Bring it on. So, so step two is all about bringing people on board. You don't have a leader if you don't have collaborators or followers, right? You don't just have this person hanging out here. I'm a leader. If no one's following you, that's just how it is. So step two is to enlist people. It's to shape the vision and bring people on board to make it come to fruition. This is all about collaboration. And I like to call people collaborators instead of followers because you really, people support what they create and you don't want to have like a leader out there. It's my way or the highway. Everyone come follow me. You really want to have the leader set the vision and then the collaborators come on board and kind of co-create the vision and shift it and change it. So when you enlist people, you have to be able to articulate your vision clearly. You have to make it clear and concise and then bring energy to it. Because does anyone want to follow the like want person, like the Charlie Brown teacher? Nobody wants that. So you have to look at your energy when you're enlisting people in your vision. You're like, hey, guys, I have this vision. Here's what it's all about. Here's why we're doing it. Here's the plan to get started. What do you think? What would you do differently? And then that's where the conversation comes in and it starts to grow and take shape and take form. Like it's really exciting then. So enlisting isn't necessarily just signing new hires. It's like how the energy and the motivation you put into the people that you're leading. Absolutely. It's co-creation. I like when I hear the word enlist, and, and this is not a framework I came up with. It's the high performance institutes that I train on. So I, I don't personally love the word enlist. I kind of like co-create. This is when you're bringing on the team. What do you need and, and who's going to do each part, right? And this is where you bring on people with specific skills. So it's like, here's the great vision. Here's my team that I want to work with to create the vision. And now we're going to come together, we're going to co-create, we're going to shift it, we're going to mold it, right, into this amazing, beautiful, powerful vision. And now we're going to figure out who's going to do each role. Yeah, this is like huge in my day-to-day is this buy-in part. I see it as this is like getting buy-in. Yeah. Because you're trying to get buy-in from a number of people to like come together and make, like bring them along the journey. Right. If they don't feel like they're a part of it, they're not going to get behind it. If you're just telling them exactly what to do. So I think this is huge. I love this. I love this. Yeah. And it's so important. You know what I said about people support what they create. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Very few people just want to take orders. And so we have to look at leadership very differently than it was decades ago. Now it's really about collaboration. And yes, there's always going to be a point person, but that doesn't mean the point person is like this dictator, right? It's just the visionary, the person that starts it out. But then it becomes this beautiful collaboration that that makes the vision a reality. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So the next one, it's number three is embody. And that's where integrity comes in right? This is where the role of the leader becomes really important because everyone still is looking to the point person for some direction, right? 
And so the point person has to embody the mindset and the values, the habits, the behaviors, the skill set. They have to show up as this visionary, as the person that's leading the charge. So when difficulties arise, when there's conflict, when there are problems, we can look to the visionary and we can take our cues from that person. Oh, that, I think this one's super important. I think if you've been in organizations where you feel like no one respects the boss, right. that I feel like it's a, from a common thing that I've seen is the person that is the leader. I mean, he or she might talk a big game, but then their actions aren't there. They're not following through. Absolutely. And that will crush morale and -hmm. that will ruin the vision. And you might limp toward a goal after that, but without integrity, you really don't have anything. Without integrity, I would say you're not a leader, you're a manager, you're you're a point person, right? But if you truly want to lead, you have to have integrity. People are looking at you. They're watching you. And if you say, here's the vision, I believe in this. And we'll we'll make it like a simple example, right? It's like when you're in high school and they have the PE teachers that are like wildly out of shape and like drinking their soda (laughs) while they're telling you to run laps. We don't have respect for them. But why don't we with the soccer team? I was thinking that's me as a soccer as a soccer coach right now. When you say integrity, I, I think like it, it equals like trust, right? And if they don't trust their leader, how's that going to work? Absolutely. And that's why I always think of that. Like in high school, I remember the poor PE teachers, man, like no one respected them, but why not? Because they couldn't run those laps, but they were telling us to do that. But they used to be able to, Julie. They used to. They were so <laughs> okay. good at one point in time. Well, they need to up their game, man, because when you're sitting there with like your soda and whatever else you're eating and your guts hanging out over your your pants, and yet you're telling people to like, you're blowing your whistle and telling them to run faster, like, forget that. That is an example of poor leadership and one we can all relate to, right? (laughs) There has to be integrity. Now, if you have a PE teacher that's running with you, you're going to respect them a lot more, right? And so it translates into the business world. If you have someone that has this great vision and yet they're doing something that contradicts what they're asking you to do, you're not going to respect them. You're not going to end up following them. And the, the entire organization, like the reputation of the organization is at risk there. So that's number three. Number four is empowerment. And this is twofold, self-empowerment and team empowerment. It's all about the shared purpose. And when you're focused, when you have that, like people, again, people support what they create. When you're working together toward a goal, toward a vision, what do you need? And empowerment comes in when you give people decision-making authority. So you help them get the skill set that they need to succeed. Is Does this come in with professional development? Does it come in with mentoring? You make sure that they have the skills they need. You also really encourage them to have ambitious goals, like the stretch goals, right? Here's the vision. Here's what you need to do to get there. How can I support you? 
And it involves a structured trust, right? Creating roles and responsibilities that do provide people that maybe aren't usually bold decision makers to have some autonomy there. This this one's like one of the most important in my mind is I think this is like the opposite of micromanagement. Yes. I think, I think we've always had, we've all had that boss who's just in everything and micromanaging, but the opposite of that is empowerment. And I think that's where most people thrive. Absolutely. Again, nobody wants to sit back and take orders. Everybody wants to have some autonomy. And so what a leader does in this situation is he or she empowers people by giving them autonomy, but also support. And that's something that's missing. Sometimes we give people autonomy, but they don't have the support. They don't have the mm. professional development to get, attain those new skills right, to get there. And so that's really important. And feedback is also really good here with empowerment. And then the clencher, like, like the thing that sometimes people forget about is with empowerment comes appreciation, really acknowledging and appreciating everyone's efforts. 100%. Well, too, and empowering, I think that you're also, you're helping that person grow. And so their skill set improves and they probably feel a certain you know, gratitude for that and that you leveled them up in a way to to accomplish and take on these things by themselves without having to be micromanaged yeah. or having their hand held or anything like that. And I think that's something that we haven't really talked about yet, but a real true leader doesn't want followers. A real true leader wants to empower people to become leaders themselves. And so it's really important to look at that. And what are you doing to help everyone on your team, everyone in your organization, level up and become the best version of themselves. Yeah, totally. So after this, the next component is evaluate. And we talked in the first component about envision. And when you're envisioning the grand plan, you have to have milestones, right? So you can't just set a vision. And this happens a lot in organizations. You set a vision and then you work toward it, and you don't stop along the way to evaluate things. That's that's where th <laughs> that's where yeah. things get really screwed up. Very common. So evaluation is just what metrics are you all going to use to measure your progress or success? And this is going to be industry specific. So I am not giving you a tool and saying you must use this tool to evaluate. I'm just saying it's important that you make sure your team or your company, when you're working toward the vision, is stopping periodically along the way to evaluate, assess, and adapt as needed. Yeah. And you'll be amazed at like when it comes to those times to evaluate how quickly stuff gets done in a short amount of time, right? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? We still are like that, right? Like, uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Better work Deadline's now. coming. We need to work harder. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> they're actually paying attention. <laughs> And then the sixth component is encourage. And so I really, when I first was learning this framework, I'm like, isn't encourage and empower kind of the same thing? And I think there's a little bit of confusion out there about that. So I wanted to just share the difference, right? Empowerment is giving decision-making authority or power to take action. And encouragement is giving support, showing confidence in a person, offering them hope. So encouragement is more like the cheerleader of the group. And empowerment is, I think, empowerment stronger 
But the encouragement is important because you want to be rewarded for your positive behavior. Mm-hmm. You want to celebrate the small wins along the way. So you have to have something built in, whether it's written praise, verbal praise, incentives, promotions, whatever you need in your organization to make sure that people feel honored, acknowledged, encouraged, appreciated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like you built the vehicle, right? If we're going to make this like a car, like all those other steps, you built the car. This last part is the gas. Like this is what, this is how you fill up the vehicle. Absolutely. And anytime, like I said, these aren't necessarily stair steps, although envision absolutely has to come first. The rest of them, they really need to be woven throughout. You have to evaluate periodically. You have to encourage all the time. You can't just like wait until something amazing happens because there are people that start to lose momentum, right? And you don't even know it on your team a lot of times if you have a bigger organization. So just being mindful as a leader, are you checking in with each team member? Is there something in place to acknowledge and celebrate their success or just acknowledge them for working hard because we don't always achieve success, but we need that encouragement to stay the course. Absolutely. Julie, thank you so much for coming on our show today. You're making a massive impact online and you're doing some great work. We appreciate everything you're doing. And I know that you have so, you've had some great success in getting people to that next level. If people want to reach out to you and they need your expertise, how can they do so? I'm on LinkedIn. I joke that I live on LinkedIn. So it's Julie Ruska and my last name is H-R-U-S-K-A. That's the best place to find me. I create content out there that help people level up and create lives that they love. Securities offered and through my website is powerfulleaders.org. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.